world would be a better place if we could all like kind of build our businesses in that way. Yeah, and I think we've we've historically looked to big corporations, the government, all of these things to solve the world's problems. And and then it really mm-hmm. puts us in this kind of victimhood of like, oh, we're just all so failed by our governments and the big, you know, big bad companies, where instead of just kind of complaining and acting like our hands are tied behind our backs, we're all incredibly powerful. Hello and welcome to episode two hundred and two of the Wisdom in the Tangents podcast. It's a palindrome. 202. That's fun. Uh, I, I'm John Mansfield. I'm your host. Uh, I'm a photographer and business coach. And uh, on this show, I invite other photographers, business coaches, life coaches, other experts into a candid conversation. And we talk about business. We talk about life. We talk about uh, everything in between and sometimes uh, some TV shows that we're enjoying. And today, my guest is KT Mary. She is a wedding and editorial photographer based in Miami, Florida. You've probably seen her work in Harper's Bazaar, Martha Stewart Weddings, Vogue, Brides, just to name a few. She's also a passionate animal lover and conservationist. KT puts giving back first in her business to create a powerful source for good. And that's what we're talking about today, how you can create a powerful source for good in this world with your business. So let's get into my conversation with Katie Mary. Katie, welcome to the podcast. I am uh, I'm excited to chat today. This is going to be this is going to be a good topic. I always love this kind of, um, you know, using your business for more than just like a paycheck. Uh, so I am very excited uh, for this. But yeah, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and and hello everybody. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, okay. So before we kind of get into like who you are, what you do, all of that, um, I, I like to just like ask random questions. Um, and I have asked some of the listeners to provide some random questions to just ask anyone. Uh, so the one that we got for you is from Caitlin, and she asked. Uh, what is your favorite movie song or score or like a, a song from a movie? Oh my goodness. Um, favorite movie song. I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for like uh, a good um, return rising again of the hero. So um, we actually yeah. just use the, I guess it's actually the original like Rambo. Like, you know, like coming oh, back. Yeah. There. yeah. So I am, I'm a good sucker for a comeback. So anything like that is, is right on point for me. Oh yeah. It just builds the emotions in yes. in you as a viewer. It's just like, oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for this comeback. <laughs> Let's do yeah, this. <laughs> that's It's, it's so, I, I find it fascinating how music can really change the way that you uh, experience a movie. Um, I've seen there's a few TikToks where they're like, what is a movie scene that had a good song, but if you change it to a different one, it would be so much better. And every time yeah. that they change it, it's usually something like that, like uh, like from Rambo or like a, a Rocky or something like that, where it's just like building up. And I'm like, yeah, this is better. This It just feels better. No, and I think this is like the beauty of co- collaboration. And I kind of sometimes get a little envious of of the whole movie side of the world because it is so many pieces. But for example, I just heard uh, the song, uh, the story about Seal and that song that he kind of became so famous about just 
only became famous because it ended up being the song that went in the credits of the Batman movie with Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer. And before that, it was like it debuted at like number 80 on the charts and it like totally transformed his career. So you just never know where music is just going to land. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy. I I am a huge uh, fan of cinema and film and all of that. I'm like, maybe one day I'll get into like cinematography. But uh, right now I am very happy with uh, photography. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, cool. Well, I love that. Um, uh, give us a little background of who KT is. Um, where are you based? What do you do? All of those things. Sure, sure. So uh, probably first and foremost, I'm a photographer, but I'm an, an artist at heart. Um, got my start really early on, went to photo school on a scholarship right out of high school. And so I've been in the industry now for over 20 years and started out in fashion, uh, but migrated to destination weddings. And I still do some fashion mainly for bridal designers in the form of lookbooks and editorial work, that type of thing, but have really been focused on luxury destination weddings around the globe for the last 15 years. And I work together with my husband and business partner, Chad. I'm, uh, I have a big fluffy dog named Rue. I'm a huge animal advocate and a friend of the planet and all things sustainability and really love, I mean, that's right. First thing I saw was your shirt, love all things creating, uh, Mm -hmm. all things creative and uh, have really dove into the business, the creative business side of our work as well. And so I help educate other photographers and creative entrepreneurs as well. Yeah, no, I love that you, you mentioned that. Cause like a lot of us, we are, we're like creative at heart of just like, yeah, I'm an artist and like, I love taking photos, but like the creative business side, it's just like that yeah. business side of the brain is like, I don't know. I don't know. I will take photos. People give me money. That's the business that I know. <laughs> uh, so I love that you're like, you've, you've got that, like kind of both sides of the brain going and able to, uh, to help and walk through with, um, with other people who are just like, I don't, I don't even know what do I need to be saving for taxes? What's going on? Um, Yeah. And the answer is yes. Uh, by the way, you do need to be (laughs) saving for taxes. Uh, but I love that. Okay. So you started in fashion. Um, I, I, I did a little bit of like runway photography and like worked with a, we did like a charity event, uh, which was really fun. We had like people from New York Fashion Week come in and do a runway here in like little College Station, Texas. Um, but like, were you more of like that kind of fashion or more of like the editorial styled fashion shoots? Yes. So great question. I, I really got started and, and the landscape was just so different than it is today. I mean, now weddings are just everywhere and, and all the rage and in vogue and uh, literally. Um, and back then uh, that was not the case. And I think the only weddings uh, Vogue was featuring were like the Royal ones and the Kennedys and, and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. And nowadays that's obviously we've really kind of flipped all of that so much. And so I was, I started out as a photographer's assistant. So I worked for fashion photographers and this was really the heyday, especially of catalog um, you know, for any of our youngins in the room, you know, like, I, I don't know if you remember Spiegel catalog, like literally going to like page 77 and saying like, I'll take 22 F and Ruby, you know, and yeah. that's how we did, <laughs> how we did it. <laughs> and, and that meant a lot of work for photographers and, and photographer assistants like myself. And so I, I started there and 
really grew into that industry, working all over the world, uh, mainly, you know, editorial, advertising, catalog, that kind of thing, um, but ended up becoming a digital tech eventually, did, did my handful of production and assisting fashion stylists, you name it, kind of was a, a vagabond of, of the fashion photography industry for about five years. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah, that is much more in depth uh, than than I ever was. Um, but it's, it's so interesting how like, everything has changed so much. Like just in the the few years when you think about like the, the, the long term, like even with photography being around since like, late 1800s, and how just the past 1520 years has changed so much in the photography industry in like how we buy and sell things to where we're not flipping through catalogs and then you know peeling out that mailer and filling in what we want and sending it out and then waiting weeks and weeks we're just like cool amazon and done (laughs) one day shipping it's going to be here tomorrow Uh, yeah but yeah it's 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 crazy but uh but that's really cool. That's uh, I like that. That's like how you got your start and like getting into uh, the world, which I, I see that fashion. Definitely. You pulled a lot of that into your wedding work too. Was that um, more intentional or just kind of like happened because that's how you had been working with fashion? Yeah. I mean, the beautiful thing about, you know, I believe very much uh, proximity is power. And I had the pleasure of, of being a, a first and a second and even like a fourth for some amazing photographers. And so when you just get to see how they work and go, you're literally their right hand. So you're scouting with them, you're figuring out the equipment order, you're the one helping to try to be two steps ahead of how they're going to want to light it, all of that you're, you're training your eye the whole entire time. And so this is the, the beautiful thing about if you get the opportunity to work with a photographer who's, who you really admire their work, you will learn how they approach composition, how they make decisions and, and then eventually be able to make that your own. And so I definitely had uh, the privilege of being able to kind of after getting that school knowledge to then be able to really go get that field knowledge that is, is truly the art of it. And so uh, that definitely kind of went into the bones, if you will, and still kind of has stayed there all these years later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's such a great point of like surrounding yourself and like getting in there with the, with, with experts, with uh, professionals and, and just paying attention while you're doing that too. Um, Cause I find that like, I just like got thrown straight into weddings and uh, didn't get to second shoot until like five years into it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I'll help you out. Cause your second shooter got sick. Um, and then it was like, Oh, this is so different. Like seeing someone else work and being able yeah. to, uh, to, to take little, little bits and pieces of like, Oh, that's not something that I do. I'm going to incorporate that now, or yeah. that is not something that I do. And I do not want to do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's really important, especially for those listening who are kind of at the beginning of your career, kind of getting into, you know, weddings or fashion or, you know, families, whatever it is that you're wanting to photograph or do, um, to surround yourself with professionals and just, uh, try and be around them as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, a huge disadvantage, actually, for people that don't 
for whatever reason, I think mainly because right now, which is the opposite of when I started, there's this idea of that you need to dive into the industry and then be like, you know, on the top 10 list within nine months or something. And uh, I think it's just so it's, it's a huge disadvantage to not have the opportunity to learn from others for sure. Oh, yeah. We all want more time in our life. I mean, think about it. It's one of the best seasonings. I can't imagine a shepherd's pie without some time. What was that? Oh, yeah. No, that makes more sense. Okay. <clears throat> we all want more time in our life. Time is finite. It's a construct. But what if I told you you could create your own time? Not exactly, but pretty close. Since I've been using Imagine AI to edit my photos, I have gotten hours and hours of time back that I would have just been sitting in front of my computer, click, click, clicking away, editing all the photos. But now I can use those hours to work on my business, to bring in more leads, or for some leisure time playing Super Mario, trying to beat that one level that I can't. It's those freaking ghosts. They get me every time. Okay, so this is how it works. With Imagine AI, you upload your photos and it reads everything and learns how you took it from the raw files to the edited images. And it will learn to edit just like you. I've already uploaded over 16,000 images and every single catalog I get back is better than the next. If you want to get your time back and get your first 1,500 images edited for free, go to allheartphoto.com slash AI. That's allheartphoto.com slash AI and create more time. All right, now I'm hungry. So I know like our main topic today is how we can use our business as like a powerful force for good. Um, through, I know you've been in business for a while and, uh, and I know of, of uh, like some, some kind of charity work and stuff that you've been able to put together. How have you been able to use your business for a powerful force for good? Yeah, well, and um, I kind of started out like many people just trying to figure it out to get this, you know, uh, ship out into the sea, you know, chugging along as it should. And mm-hmm. um, really kind of uh, somewhere along the way kind of woke up and was just going, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for, you know, 12 plus years now or however many it was and just going, and I'm not quote unquote successful enough to be able to at least be be contributing on some level to the things that are really important to me and to be making sure that I'm making a difference in, in other areas, but also other people's lives. And so that was just kind of eye opening for me. I think uh, like many people, I had this idea that I had to wait till I was old and gray and rich, and then I could be really helpful out in the world. And I think that that model is one that really just doesn't make sense for our society anymore. And that that being a force for good, it can really be baby steps. And so the first things that I started doing were just, at the time, I had more time than money um, when I was first starting my business. So I had one day a week that I was, Chad and I, my husband and business partner, we were volunteers at our local Humane Society and we would go and walk dogs and do all the things. And it was like, you went one day a week. And so that time we did that. And then later we started photographing the dogs, those types of things. And then later as the business started to take off, all of a sudden time was becoming more and more scarce, but I started to have a little bit more money. Um, And so I was really at that time, not sure exactly how I was going to do that, but eventually 
had this kind of epiphany and realized that I needed to to do something. Um, and this really came from a, a story about the last northern white rhino in the world, a male um, who uh, at the time was being guarded by rangers 24 hours a day. And I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff is happening right now. It's not waiting for this big success in my life. And so I started then a, a company called Render Loyalty, where we ended up partnering with some of the leaders in conservation, including the organization where he was located um, in, in Kenya, Africa, and ended up partnering with two others and going and photographing the animals that they protect and selling fine art prints and donating back to them. And so that was uh, about eight years ago. And we've just kind of since gone on to partner with other organizations, including the American Wild Horse Campaign. And we donate uh, a portion of all of our sales from our education business back to uh, different causes, depending on the time of the year, kind of what is really needed in terms of natural disasters, but a lot of kind of earth forward causes. And so mm -hmm. it's just been something that as we've gone on, I've just incorporated it more into kind of the bones of the business model rather than waiting like a, like a lot of people tend to, to the end of the year and going, oh, you know, should I make some donations before December 31st for that tax write-off? And so we just have gone ahead and built it into the business plan. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I love that. And I, I love that story of, um, let's see, it was the last white rhino. Is that what it was? Yeah. Northern white right. rhino. Um, Northern his white name rhino. was Sudan okay. and he has since passed away and there's two left in the world, two females and they're, um, his, uh, his daughter and her daughter. And they're now doing a full in vitro program. If you guys want to look it up, um, you can look at the work at old Pajetta, what they're doing. Um, but it's really amazing to try to save this species from the brink of extinction. So we're literally like watching a whole species come down to the last two and seeing what, what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause like, I remember in high school learning about like extinct species and, and like some, we had some endangered species, but there was still like, you know, thousands of them. And, it, it never really felt like super dire or it also didn't feel like um, present or like kind of mm -hmm. relevant right now. It's like, Oh yeah, that happened like, you know, 10,000 years ago. It's, it's not anything that we can really do or change or, or, or see. Um, but it's still happening right now with, with different species. And, and I love that you didn't let the, uh, the, well, I have to be old and gray and rich before I can go and help and do yeah. something but but actually no this is important uh and it's it's important to you and like that kind of that passion like you know for for those listening like if you're trying to figure out like what what am i passionate about like f look for the things that like pull at your heartstrings and and that are like oh this is something i would love to help with if i could um but you actually can and and you actually were able to um which is amazing and i love that you've also like tied that into like built it into your business plan too and it's not like a last minute like oh yeah it's the end of the year we need to donate x amount in order to like fall below this tax bracket or whatever um but it's something that's just like yeah every dollar in we've got a a certain bit that is going to a fund to to help places um and uh, I, I love that business model. I think uh, that would be, I mean, the world would be a better place if we could all like kind of build our businesses in that way. 
Yeah, and I think we've we've historically looked to big corporations, the government, all of these things to solve the world's problems. And, and then it really mm. puts us in this kind of victimhood of like, oh, we're just all so failed by our governments and the big, you know, big bad companies, where instead of just kind of complaining and acting like our hands are tied behind our backs, we're all incredibly powerful. And so yeah. even if it's, you know, one of the most actionable ways uh, that I think people could do is you could literally take every booking for the rest of this year. You could add $20 or $100 or $200 when you quote the job. You decide what it is and you literally just tack it on a price. Nobody's ever going to not book you over price because of a $100 shift one way or another if you do it in advance. And you don't need to tell them what it's for, but you internally have it earmarked where that isn't my money. That goes straight towards the cause that I care about. And it goes straight into another account. Boom. And, you know, whether it's quarterly, we do ours quarterly, we just take that little fund and we donate it. And those little types of things, not only do they have great tax incentives that we've really reaped the rewards of over the last few years when we've been doing this, uh, but also if you can build goodwill into your business and really tell people about how you use your business as a force for good and how you can be a spokesperson for a cause and bring more awareness, it not everybody is going to care. Not everybody is going to kind of latch onto that, but there are going to be some people that go, gosh, I just love that you, you know, have this, uh, that you're contributing to the nonprofit for human trafficking or to whatever you name your thing. And somebody is going to also just go when they're looking at you and some other photographer being like, I don't know why, but I really connect with this person. They really feel that. And the generation that's coming up, our, our next generation of couples, they care about this stuff deeply. They care about that your company's not just in it to do good work and make a profit, but it's also has a good person with a, a full heart that's making the world a better place behind it. So it's it's got great incentives for business growth all the way around. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like that it, so this is something that I've also incorporated in my business when I, I came to my wife like three months after we got married and I was like, so I want to start a photography business. <laughs> and like I had this whole thing written out and we'd um, we didn't have a lot of money. We were living, you know, paycheck to paycheck from our, our nine to five jobs. And we saw this as an opportunity to be able to like take some of the funds that we were bringing in on this side job and, uh, and go uh, help the organizations that we cared about that were doing things that were making the world a better place. So we had like set aside a certain percentage from the very beginning and uh, one of them that we had partnered with was uh, is called the Archibald Project, and they do uh, uh, they're they're both storytellers, husband and wife team, and they go and like take photos and videos of different orphanages so that they can share with people around the world so that their families can their future families can find them and uh, and that was that was something that like at a wedding show i was just i had a little pamphlet there about the archibald project i was talking to people and there was a couple that came up and they were like oh what is this i explained all of that and she like just started crying i was like i'm adopted this means so much that this is part of your business and she was like we were we were looking at a few different photographers but now i don't even like you're the only one that we want to work with now. And, and it's not like, uh, I'm not saying like everyone should do this so that you right. get business. That's not why you do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not why you do it. But like it, it's an extra way of building that connection with people that, yeah. that also share, um, share the same, um, 
the same feelings and the same uh, like they 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 want the world to be a better place and they see that you're out there helping uh, do what you can do and they want to partner with you and have that be part of their wedding day or part of uh, you know just whatever photo shoot they're they're booking you for. Uh, so, yeah. 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 And if it's coming from the right place, if it's authentic, like you said, people have huge bullshit meters. So if you're just doing it like, hold on, let me slap some logos on here to see if people will like me. You know, people can see through that. They're so good at that these days. Uh, But I think also when you have for anybody out there who's like, gosh, this is a tough season we're in, or I've just came out of a tough season, or I feel like I'm about to be in one. It's just another core motivator of if your goals are really just all about you, I always say they're not big enough. They really need to involve more than you, your your family, your community, the world. And if you have more drivers for success, more reasons to go out there and make money and do well, you're, you're going to have more motivation and more passion and energy, especially on the days that you feel like that's lacking. And so it's just another reason to to attach these these types of things to your business to just fuel that fire. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, like I think back to whenever I was just, excuse me, I was just like single living in this like rundown, also kind of haunted house. And like, I, I had a job that I was making like maybe 900 bucks a month and it was enough to pay for my car and pay for rent and a little bit of food. And that was it. Like I didn't have a lot of more motivation. Um, But once I had some goals of like, I want to live in a place that doesn't get below freezing inside the house. So my toilet bowl doesn't turn into ice. Uh, like, <laughs> like I had more motivation to get out there and like do other things or apply for more jobs uh, or higher pay and, and all that. So yeah, having that, that extra bit of motivation that's outside of just you or outside of your, uh, your walls is, is huge. And, and I want to go back to what you said, like, uh, a ways back of like whenever you first started, you had a lot more time than money. And that is a big thing because you don't have to have thousands of dollars that you can go and donate someplace or, or whatever. There's a ton of organizations that need photographers that yeah. need photos, like especially with the humane society of like with, with really good high quality photos of, of these pets people are much more likely to adopt them than a blurry iPhone photo of them just like cuddle, like in the corner of a, a cage or something. It's like, Absolutely. Oh no. Like, yeah. A, a very well done photo is going to, going to mean a lot more. And, and for all of our photographers out there who are going, Oh gosh, you're telling me to practice, but I don't have any work and everything. Go try to light a couple of dogs with your flashes in a room and then try to get a, a dog to sit still and look you in the eye. I mean, this is, this is like a photography boot camp. You will be, if you can oh, do yeah. this, you can handle a, a wedding, you know, <laughs> step and repeat. Uh, so I just think it's, there's so many opportunities out there to go flex your muscles in terms of your craft and your creativity and be able to just get more experience. It's just one more, you know, tool in your tool belt. Yes. Oh Yeah. No, I love that. It's it is always good to go and practice more, yeah. um, and and do stuff that's like not in your in your niche. Like if you're a wedding photographer, um, you know, don't just be like, oh, well, I'm gonna offer like a free wedding to someone, um, which could be helpful. Um, and I've taken part of those of like giveaways and stuff and and doing that. But like, yeah, like you were saying, like 
trying to light a dog that's just like doesn't know who you are and is maybe not super friendly. It's like, this is, this is a lot. This is, uh, we're, we're, we're going to, they're, they're going to the work you, uh, to get that photo. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and you never know where your next client might be. So I think that's the other thing yeah. is I, I remember Brian Raffanella, he is a, a top planner and he got his start, uh, planning and events for charities, doing charity galas. And while those didn't pay much at all, when he finally kind of launched his career, his first clients were in that room and he went straight into the big leagues. And so I think it's just also when you're coming from that right place, the last thing I think you want to be doing is when you're feeling like you're low on work, just sitting at home, you know, watching Netflix, get out and, and, do good, uh, do get some more experience, make connections. You just never know where it might lead. Oh yeah. Yeah. I am huge advocate of connections and just like building your community base. And, you know, cause, uh, cause like with, with him, the, the planner, like it, he could have been there. And if he didn't make those connections, then years later, they wouldn't have formed into something else. They wouldn't have yeah. probably remembered who he was. Um, so yeah, love, love getting out there making connections and doing things. Um, so, I mean, we've kind of already talked about like a lot of different reasons why it's like really important to be doing good uh, in your business and to, to use your business as a force for good. Do you have any last suggestions uh, for the listeners, like maybe who are don't know where to go, what direction they want to do something for good, but they, they're not really too sure or like some next steps that people can do. Yeah. First off, anybody who is like, gosh, I would love to, I have, you know, half a day every two weeks or I have an hour once a week, whatever you have time, money, knowledge, smiles, compliments, you name it. If you're challenged in like how to use that, feel free to just DM me anytime. And I would gladly help you. This is kind of uh, somewhere that I, I spend a lot of thought time about. So I have a lot of ideas there, but it really, it's, there's always something. So maybe it's that you're, you're decent at photography. You could go volunteer your time at a school. There's so many after school programs or art programs, all this that have been defunded and people just, unfortunately, kids these days aren't getting to learn arts the same way that they used to. Um, there's, like we said, whether it's adoption of humans or animals, there's everywhere needs help and support our foster. There's lots of nonprofits around foster care for children that once again, need great pictures of these adorable kids. Um, there are all sorts of things. You could absolutely just help another photographer in your network who maybe needs some help. And all of these, you learn a lot by, by doing, but you also learn a lot by teaching. So if you can help somebody else to kind of maybe mentor them a little bit. Uh, you just never know where that's going to lead. And I think if you really come from a place of giving so many people right now are a little standoffish. And I think the more that we can kind of realize a rising tide lifts all boats, the more that we all succeed, we all really prosper. So just come from that place, but I'd be happy to personally help. And like I said, it could be as simple as just for the rest of the year, your contracts, when you go to quote a job, you know, just tack on a hundred dollars and decide in advance where that's going and just view it as not your money and just make sure each quarter that it goes where you allocated it for. Could be that simple. Yeah. I love, I love that. I love that. It's just super simple. Just tack that on. It's already built into the prices yep. and there's not like a, Hey, so my packages used to be $3,000. Now they're 310 or three thirty one hundred or whatever. And like, you can just build it into the price, restructure your prices yep. and, 
and that's it. And, yes. uh, and then it's just like a bonus that people are like, oh, you're using some of what I paid you to go do these amazing things. That's great. Uh, yeah. So I love yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. That and hopefully you guys tip. are all doing custom tailored proposals already. So if you are, this is super easy, but if not, I, ha I have a workshop to help you with that because that's a whole, whole nother thing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is a whole nother podcast. We can go for a couple hours on that. I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, and we'll, um, you know, if you have a link for that workshop, I can throw it in the show notes too. Uh, yeah. so that people can, uh, can follow along and, and get that. Cause that is some really great information. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay. So KT, this was amazing. Um, I, I loved uh, our conversation before we kind of like wrap up let people know where they can follow you and, uh, and, and, uh, contact you afterwards. Um, there's a part of the show that I like to do where we talk about what we're loving this week. Um, it could be like a, a book TV show, something like that. Um, uh, really anything. What are you loving this week? Oh my goodness. Um, well, we are just finishing up a year long remodel project. So I feel like we're in major like home <laughs> mode of just doing all sorts of things like that. So I have been actually really loving um, composting. But in addition to that, uh, I love these, they're stasher bags. They're a sustainable alternative to Ziplocs. And if you take mm. one, and this is going to be very specific, so everyone stay with me. But if you okay. take one and then you take all your scraps, like garlic scraps, onion scraps, herb stems, you know, all like the carrot peels, you name it, put it in the stasher bag in the freezer when it's time, then you can pull it out and you can just throw it in a pot and boil it and make your homemade veggie broth for the rest of the winter. So literally just from your scraps, you know, any way to just be a little bit smarter and just not have to go buy a store-bought thing in a carton. Um, I've been loving all mm. those little tips and tricks. Yeah. Oh no, I love that. Cause we're, we're constantly like, especially this time of year, we're making a lot of soups and yes. we're making stews and stuff and we're going through broth left and right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yes. So just have a little scraps bag that you keep in the freezer and you can just add to it. The yeah. only caveat is you don't want to add like your peppers or anything like, uh, cause those make your broth really spicy or anything like broccoli or cauliflower. It'll make it better. So just everything else that's like, you can always Google that, but. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I like that. Oh, yeah. Random, are... random tip. Random tip. I didn't even know I was getting that today and I love it. Um, sweet. Okay. With the composting, quick question, because we're like, we're wanting to compost. We're renting this house right now. So we're like trying to figure out a good not in the ground composting. Yeah. How is yours? Do you have like the the turning like barrel kind of composter or what, are, what do you do? Yeah. So I'm even more limited than you are. So if you can do it in your yard, you can literally do it like even with like a chicken wire and like put it around like that and you can do homegrown. They also just have ones that are, like you said, the turning ones are just slightly up. I mm. actually were on the fifth floor in a condo right now as we're finishing up this project. So I actually ended up with a counter composter. It's from Lomi, L-O-M-I, that literally you kind of throw all your scraps in there and it, you can click a button and for like less energy than it uh, runs a dishwasher, it will turn all that straight into compost. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So so for nice. my uh, city dwellers, that's a great yes. option. 
Yes. And you yeah. can also, most farmer's markets will accept compost. So that's the other thing is if you can have like a compost bin, even you can just take it all. Obviously the benefit, if you're making your own is that then you can repurpose it in your own garden, which, uh, you know, the benefits go on for days. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that sustainability and just like using things that we would just throw in the trash. Um, but to, to repurpose, there's a guy that I follow on TikTok That's all about uh, eliminating food waste. And he's just yep. like, whenever you peel the potatoes, don't just throw away those potato skins. Like let, soak those, throw some olive oil, some salt and pepper, pop them in the oven. And then you have like little potato chips. Chips. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cool. And everyone's complaining about inflation and food costs and all this. And I go like, most of the mm-hmm. time we could also just be a lot smarter with our food and all of that. And, you know, just, it adds up. It's little things. It's healthier. So the better you feel, the better you're going to feel in your business too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Um, that's, that's great. Let's see. What am I loving this week? Um, I, I, I recently finished a show on you no Hulu, uh, that I thought was really good and very interesting kind of mystery type, uh, didn't really know what was going on. Things kind of plot keeps changing a bit um, called the other black girl. And it follows, um, I think they're a magazine company and like, she comes in as a, like an assistant writer uh, or a writing assistant. And like, there's only one other black girl in the company. And like, mm. it's just this whole thing of like, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't really talk too much without giving away some of the, the twists, but it was really good. It's like maybe eight episodes or so on Hulu. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Uh, the The acting was was great too. Uh, well, if, if you're looking for a new one, then check out Griselda, uh, which is Sofia Vergara. And that's all, I'm based in Miami. It's all kind of the Miami Coke, uh, early Coke scene and whatnot. Really, really well done. Yeah. Okay. I saw a trailer for that and I immediately added it to my list. I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be good. Yeah. Check that one out. Yeah. It it looks like, um, yeah, kind of like that Kingpin type drug Lord, uh, kind of shoot him up movie. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is based on a true story and a woman, a woman, badass, you know, count me in. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And Sophia Vergara, like, uh, she she's amazing. I always love yeah. uh, the stuff that she's doing. So, well, sweet. Okay. Well, Katie, where can people find you? Where can they follow along and, uh, and get to know you more? Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for having me. Uh, so appreciate it and always love having a fun conversation. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Katie Mary. And then if you're a photographer or looking to learn more about uh, kind of the behind the scenes of uh, running a creative photography business, uh, Katie Mary education is where I kind of dish on that. Sweet. Awesome. Well, I'll have links to both of those in the show notes. So y'all, whenever you're listening, you can just scroll on down and then go follow Katie. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks well, again for being on the show. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of the day, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wisdom in the Tangents podcast. As always, you can check out all the things in today's episode at podcast.allheartphoto.com. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience. You can join us next time on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, where you can 
ask questions as I am talking with my guests. It's fun, interactive place where you get to kind of interview my guests also. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. The show is at wit.pod. KT is at KT Mary, and that's K-T, like the letters, K and T, and then Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. She is also, her education is at KT Mary Education on Instagram. And you can follow me everywhere at allheartphoto. Join us next week. Uh, episode two of three is going to be another another great episode. I've got Kyle and Bianca, um, aka Pastrami and Sweet B, joining me. Uh, they are Oak and Iron Photo, and we're talking all about how to show up as yourself, um, how they grew uh, over a hundred thousand Instagram followers in a short amount of time, like a year or so. Uh, not by chasing trends, not by uh, trendy audio, and you know, pointing at stuff on reels but by being themselves and uh, in, in sharing some work that is truly uh, very creative and very much kind of breaking the mold of what wedding photography has been uh, for a while. So great episode. Join us next week with Kyle and Bianca and uh, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Have a great week. Bye y'all.